from the Summer Skate Studios. This is Analytics and Eyeballs, brought to you by Top Golf. At every Top Golf, it's about fun, climate-controlled bays, increased safety measures with your choice of games, as well as our sports bar and restaurant. See your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. San Diego State University building the foundations of something bigger at the top college hockey program in California. Go to sdsuhockey.com to find out how you can be a part of it on and off the ice. Buy summer skates, shower shoes, and koozies customized for yourself or your entire team. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. From coast to coast and beyond, wherever you need to be, Caesars has a destination that suits your style. Central Oklahoma University Hockey. Go to uclhockey.com to follow the two-time ACHA M1 National Champions as they look to add a third championship banner to the rafters. Jets Pizza. With six different styles of pizza and eight different types of crust to go with all of our fresh toppings, you can let your pizza cravings run wild. Buy Toyota. See the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins, Colorado. Desert Toyota in Tucson, Finlay Toyota in Las Vegas, and Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California. By M-Drive, our boost and burn is specifically designed to help you get active, get lean, burn fat. Get yours today at mdriveformen.com. Oklahoma University Hockey, 20 years of the action you crave, only faster. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Award-winning barbecue for your next catered event at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Analytics and Eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere you may be joining us tonight. On this Monday night, Scott Strandy with you tonight in uh, Chandler, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, out on Long Island, New York. I will tell you, Paul, I did enjoy a very delicious Meatball Monday meal from our new sponsors and partners at the Spaghetti Shack. So, how are you? Um, I'm good. I I didn't get food made for me. Um. I, I, I unfortunately just looked out the window and dealing with the S word. Ah, that four letter word that we can't say on happy. that. We can't say on the show. No, no. And are you going to measure it in inches or feet? Theoretically, it's supposed to turn to rain later, which is good. Which means I don't have to shovel anything, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Um, I mean, did I mention, I'm not in Minneapolis, but you know, hey. Yeah, did I mention it's uh, the sun has set here now and it's a balmy 63? Um, it's a good thing this is audio and not video. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, it's Monday night, which means it's analytics and eyeballs, but we're bringing on a guest uh, that we haven't spoken to in a while. We've got the head coach from Colorado College, Chris Mayot, joining us. So, Going to dig in a little deeper to this Colorado College team. You know, um, as you like to say, I shake the pom-poms for the Tigers. Oh, is that? And well, <laughs> yes, you do. I, I love that team. And I was just looking through the roster again now, and I'm I'm just hypothetically and I guess dreaming and and throwing things out into the atmosphere how good this team could be next year. 
if their freshman class is as good as it looks on paper, they could be really, really good because this freshman class this year will be sophomores, obviously. And obviously, and they have been really good. And I think this junior class that's going to step up to be seniors is going to be really good because I think they learned from this year's senior class. And uh, I go back to Brian Yoon, who t- said at the beginning of the year, he decided to come back for one more year because he wanted to win. And wow, uh, well, yeah. maybe they haven't won at the level that they're used to or wanted to. Um, you know, he, uh, he's been a big part in the resurgence. And you talk about that a lot at Arizona state and, and up at Fairbanks where it's building a tradition. Well, Chris Mayotte's building a tradition again at Colorado college, new building, all of this stuff. It it takes some time. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, they are a historic program and anybody that doubts that just needs to go look, um, you know, and the fact of the matter is, um, they are a very young team. And as anybody will tell you, any coach or, or, or any leader or smart people, media guy like me. Well, yeah. Um, when you have an experience, you're going to have ups and downs. And, while there's no question that they have some some good junior and senior leadership, there's an awful lot of freshmen and sophomores on this team. And by the way... And guys that are playing a lot of minutes. And by the way, they have continued to get better, I think, all season long. It's a huge weekend for them, which is part of the reason I want to coach on tonight, was to talk about, you know, now that he's been in this uh, gold pan thing, for, for a couple of years, um, it's over with. He can't, his team can't win it this year, but they can certainly poke the, uh, Denver pioneers, um, this year. So well, I'm well, sure there's a lot to be done. And I think they want to prepare for what they hope will be a run into the frozen face up, which I think is a huge win. You win that uh, first round series. We talked that they could be a top four seed. Well, they're not going to be, but. Uh, they can still upset a top four seed and move forward into the tournament, the the big tournament. Well, you're 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 sitting here and you're 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 looking at a situation where, and obviously the coach will be able to uh, do this better than I, you know, expound on this better than I can. Um, you know, once again, as we've been saying all year long, just. There's just the 60 or 90 seconds in, in, in a lot of these games that they're playing that has been the difference between them winning and losing. And I think that is the inexperience showing. I think that is the, um, you know, the learning process going on. Okay. Um, not that I want to sit here and and necessarily say uh, all things are equal, okay. But if you look at, um, you know they've been relying heavily on Caden and Barico, and oh, whoa, 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 Caden the sponge. No, stop it. No, don't. No, just no. You no, 
Save it for your private conversation. <laughs> um, Isn't this private? Oh yeah, okay. Um, but then when you look at um at, at a team uh, like Omaha that also has a highly touted freshman goalie, and now he hasn't played as many games as as Caden Barico has. Caden the Sponge Barico. No. But they have much more of their um, their their play dictated by more juniors, seniors, and grad students. I mean, their top three scorers are a senior and two grad students. Right? Um, you know, uh, there's a sophomore. Um followed by a junior, a sophomore, and another grad student in their top seven scorers. Okay. So um, when you look at that and compare it to where at CC, there's a lot of freshmen and sophomores in that top group. That, you know, it makes a difference. And, and that's not saying that young players can't get it done. It's just you understand that young players are going to have their ups and downs. And, you know, you look at the numbers. Like I said, if you look at their, if you look at their, if you look at their schedule and you look at the games that they've played, like I said, there's usually one to two moments in each game where it's made the difference in winning and losing. And I know how frustrating that is. Right? Because, for example, in their last one, two, three, four, five, six, six games, four of them have gone to overtime. When you play a nothing-nothing tie against North Dakota, that's that's like a win. Well, except it's not a win. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but I mean, you know what I mean. It's, I mean, uh, here are their here it, are their last six games: three-two loss to Omaha at Omaha in overtime, uh, a two-two overtime tie at Omaha. They did get the extra point in the shootout. Uh, then they lost. By the way, if people don't know that's your favorite thing: the shootout. Oh yeah. Okay. Then they lost four-one to Western Michigan. They came back the next night. Once again, about ninety seconds. The difference: a two-to-one loss. The first game against North Dakota, a two-to-one overtime loss, and then the scoreless tie that they lost in the shootout. I mean, you know, that's you're talking about, like I said, sixty seconds or one or two moments that maybe three of those games are wins, and we're talking about a different scenario coming into the conference tournament. You know, I, I liken it an awful lot to um, Fairbanks last year. They were so close so many times, and they got so many opportunities, and they just couldn't cash in. And then guess what they did, Paul? I'm yeah, I'm going to say it. This no, summer, they went out, and they brought in a grad student named Johnny the Glue Sorensen. No, no, and you know what they no. did when they brought the glue in? What they God, did was they no. put a guy no, in the stop. lineup— Oh, that yeah, could whatever. that could get it done. Oh, 
and uh, teach oh. the guys what it takes. So anyway, let's not mess around because we got the head coach from Colorado College joining us right now. Coach Mayotte, Scott, and Paul with you. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you doing? We're doing uh, good, it's been coach. way too long, Coach. I promise I'm coming back to Colorado next uh, the end of this week, so I will see your two games uh, to round out the regular season. But um, Paul and I were just talking about your roster and and the the growth that's happening and how close you've been, especially the last I don't know what eight ten games. But tell us if you can what you've seen from this group, Coach. Well, you know, we're obviously not getting the results that, that we think we're, we're playing well enough to get, um, you know, but our, our struggles of scoring are, are pretty well documented at this point. And um, it's, hard to, it's hard to win when you're not scoring. And, and unfortunately, that's, that's where we are. But, um, you know, the, the flip side of that is that there's, there's two sides to, to you know, scoring and, and, you know, there's offense and defense. And, Right now, as of today, um, you know, we're tied with Denver as the best defensive team in the NCHC play. Uh, we have the top penalty kill in, in the NCHC. Um, we have, you know, I know Lacozzi is, is ahead of Berkey in terms of, in terms of save percentage, but, um, you know, I think Berkey's workload, um, you know, allows me to say that we think we have the best goalie in the NCHC. So, um, you know, unfortunately, we're not scoring, but as the saying goes, defense wins championships. Um, we like the identity that we're building. We like um, the type of team we are and how difficult we are to play against. And um, in that side of the game, we just have to believe that, you know, at some point, some of these chances and some of these looks that we're getting are going to are gonna find their way to the back of the net. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, but um, you know, if, if you have the ability to keep teams regularly at two goals or less, you know, um, you, you hope that that gives you a chance to win. Coach, as, as, as I sit here and try to watch as many of every game as I possibly can, uh, Scott and I were talking about this. Hi there, little one. Um, <laughs> it's just cute. Um, I sit here and I watch a team that is still growing when you brought up the, the, the comparison with Caden and uh, Simon Lacozzi, um I, I sit there and, and we was just telling Scott the difference is the the experience of the players that he has in front of him you look at Omaha's roster and you know they're they're you know the top of their their statistical sheet and it's a lot of grads and seniors whereas you guys are freshmen and sophomores uh, am I misreading that? Yeah. No, and, and you know, and, and we're not, um, you know, like Connor Mayer is a senior and Patrick Kazi is a senior and Vern and Prokop and Yoon is a 50-year guy for us. Um, and and so, you know, when I look at us, it, it,
I think we got disconnected with Coach. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, did, did yeah, I think we did. So we'll 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 give him a chance to get back on, um, and 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 and, and answer the question. Most. Um, Coach, Coach, can you hear big, us? Because you know, a big. We lost you for a minute. Yes, I can hear. Okay. All right, back. Yeah, You're back. You. Yep. Okay. Um, well, I think that, you know, the thing that Caden has done for us is he's had to come in and be our, you know, our best player. Um, two years ago, uh, you know, our, our, our program on gold differential was a minus 1.87 goals a game. Um, you know, right now we're a minus 0.56. And, you know, we, you need to get to the plus side of that. Um, but we're, he's allowed us to be in every game. It's allowed us to be closer. It's allowed us to play in these tight games, get experience playing in tight games. Um, you know, some have gone our way, some haven't. Uh, we wish we could get the Saturday one at Western back, uh, you know, where you're up, you're up one with under seven minutes left and they score two in 20 some seconds, but it's allowed us to get that experience of playing against who are, you know, the best teams in the country and being toe to toe with them. Uh, and, and that's different than I think for us last year. And again, it's not the goal of our program to go toe to toe with the best teams in the country. The goal of our program is to be the best team in the country. And we understand in order to do that, we have to start winning these. Um, but it's still that's experience and that's growth. Um, rather than hanging on and, you know, just for dear life, trying to scrape something out. I mean, I believe that we've been um, able to make pushes and put ourselves in, in real opportunities to win and play enough, play well enough to win, which, uh, you know, we, we hope here uh, coming down to the last two games of the regular season and getting into the playoffs, hopefully that's valuable. Um, but when you have a penalty kill that, uh, you know, is, is only letting opponents score at 14%, and you don't give up many goals, you always have a chance. Um, and we have to believe that our goal scorers and our offensive guys who are creating great chances, it's just not going in for us. You have to hope that and believe that that's going to that's gonna turn here. Coach, you know, a lot of people have told us the NCHC is down. It's down, it's down. It's not as good as it was. And I think Paul and I both agree on this, that um, it's not really down. It's just that, there's a level of parity that's probably never been seen before in, in the NCHC because every team can beat any team on any given night. And that doesn't mean that a team is down. It just means that you guys have gotten closer together as a, as a conference. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I'd say, um, you know, I haven't been in this league very long. Um, I'd say hopefully we're making it different. And, you know, teams like Omaha are making it different. Um, and, you, you know, we just played North Dakota and um, they still have 10 draft picks in their lineup. Eight out of their 12 forwards are still NHL yes, draft picks. Yeah. You know, and, and so to say that, it, oh, they, they might not be having the season they're accustomed to because they've won half of the regular season championships that this league has given out. Um but I, I don't think you look at them and say, man, they, you know, they can't, they can't win hockey games or, or they're not good enough. Um, they have a lot of good players on their roster, uh, but it shows the fine line of this league, of college hockey, of winning and losing. 
Um, I think the easiest, you know, probably comparison is that um, the Big Ten is probably having a better year than us um, in terms of top ranked teams um, and what people expect to happen in the national tournament. But, uh, but that doesn't mean that our league isn't a great league and, and that we're not having a great year. Uh, and I still think, you know, you're looking at a, a year where we're still probably getting four teams in and depending on how the, how the NCHC tournament goes, you know, you still might, might come away with five. Uh, if that's a down year, then, you know, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Well, I, I think people on the outside look at things and maybe this is me just trying to, uh, put on the rose colored glasses, so to speak. Um, but I mean, up until maybe those, the those last... are black and gold glasses. If you're putting yeah, anything yeah, on, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I can't see through black glasses, dog. No? I mean, geez. the rest of us can. What's wrong with you? I'm blind. Yeah. Um, uh, it really wasn't until the last two or three games where you guys were kind of out of a shot to get a first round host. I mean, that's a pretty good leap in two years. To go from the where you guys were, you know, where when you picked up the team, to 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 where it is, you know, in February of twenty twenty three, that's that's a pretty good jump forward. You know, we 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 believe we're taking steps, and and like I said, a lot of it is the experience and the type of hockey we're playing, and and it really the expectation. Probably the biggest weekend we have. Obviously, our win at St. Cloud was big for us, um, and the way we were able to do it. Uh, Brian Yoon went out. Uh, less than five minutes into the game, Ray Christie went out less than five minutes into the game. Kaden and Berko had to leave the game halfway through and still got a win there. You know, at the time, Western Michigan was the only team who had gone into St. Cloud and won. So we gave them their second loss at home um, without a, a, some important pieces. And that was that was big. Um, but quite honestly, I think, you know, Western had been a team who was a really tough matchup for us. And it just didn't feel like anything we we did we could we could make a push. It always they were still the team that we felt we were hanging on against. And uh, you know we went to Kalamazoo and and we thought we we were good for um, long stretches of the game and and arguably the better team for long stretches of the game. Um, but we didn't we didn't score and and they're really dang good uh, and they came away with the win. But I, it proved I think to our locker room that. Um, one, you know, the, the series against Denver where, um, I thought we were, we were in both games, um, compared to last year where we quite honestly didn't touch the puck for 11 out of 12 periods. It didn't feel like, um, and then to go to Kalamazoo, to go to Omaha, um, to go on the road and, and be right there and, and play. And, and like I said, not, not hang on for dear life, but, um, carry the play for stretches, I, I think is, has proven to our locker room that, that we're right there. Um, and again, we, we, we need to score. Um, you know, we're still in a position to finish fifth in our league, which would be the highest that a CC is fin team has finished in the NCHC play. Um, and with five games left in the regular season, we were tied for fifth. So, you know, you have to be able to step back and recognize progress when it's there. In the moment, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter because we're, we want to win and we want to win a championship. And, and when, um, you know, when you don't feel like those are going your way or, or you're struggling to score, you're struggling to win, um, you know, you're not, 
you're not coming up for air and looking at the big picture. You're, you're focused on how we get better. But, um, but at the end of the day, this, this group has really started to push this program forward and turn, I think, what the expectations are um, for our program moving forward. Coach, offensively, how, how, do you, how do you improve that at this point in the season? What can you do as a coach to, to maybe find a spark or, or find things to do? I know, you know, I've watched your practices plenty, and I know that you work um, extremely hard with, with guys and sort of your whole staff, but um, what do you do at this point to try to break that little ceiling that's on you guys? Yeah, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot as a staff, obviously. And, and, you know, we believe that there's, there's three big factors. Um, you know, it's the player skill set, the ability. Um, can we help improve that? Of course we can. Uh, so, you know, you're working on scoring habits, you're working on um, the hardness, the, the techniques, you, you continue to push that forward. Uh, today, that's all we did today. Literally didn't do anything but put pucks in nets. Um, you know, so there's the, there's that, um, there's the confidence, um, you know, that, that is a part of scoring the psyche of scoring. And then there's the tactics. And, and so, you know, it's been a, a deep dive self-reflection in, in all three of those phases for us, you know, over probably the last month. And, you know, I really do believe that we've, improved our our scoring chances um we've improved the type of looks we get at the net we've improved the type of um you know where we're getting our chances from um it simply just hasn't changed the results yet uh and we believe in the yet uh of that statement because um you know we're we're doing a lot of really good things uh and you know we just got to keep making sure that our guys are confident, have a belief. It, it feels like right now, um, you know, it's the analogy of the pitcher who's placing his pitches, he's getting smoked um, instead of just going out there and throwing. And, and it feels like right now, you know, we get pucks in, in the slot or in scoring areas, or even we have empty nets and we're still trying to be perfect with it. And it just isn't going, um, you know, we're missing the net a lot and in, in, on some of our best chances. And so that's just gripping it a little tight. Um, so we're going to kind of just focus on the fact that we're one of the best defensive teams in our, in our conference. Um, we're one of the toughest teams to score on in our conference. Let's pay attention to that. Let's embrace that. Let's focus on that. Let's stop thinking about, hey, we're not scoring. Let's just be that team that doesn't allow other teams to score and see if kind of taking our minds off of it a little bit um, allows us to loosen up and, and see if pucks don't start going in for us. Well. And, and and I don't think it's any different in college hockey. Um, I think when playoff time comes, um, things tighten up a little bit. I think that um, you guys are let to, allowed to play, quote-unquote, a little bit more. Um, so that kind of almost brings people back to a defensive style, which has got to help you guys. Because that that's kind of the style that's successful in the playoffs, no? Well, that's what we're going to tell ourselves. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. But no, I mean, I think I think what, exactly what you're saying is is it. Like, you know, you have to embrace what your strengths are. 
And, you know, as much as we want to be a team that scores three and a half goals a game, it just doesn't seem to be in the cards for us right now. Um, so let's, you know, let's, let's, let's get over that. Let's, let's put our egos aside. Let's, let's swallow our pride and just embrace the fact that we just don't give up very much and let's be really hard in that area. And let's be really difficult to play against and let's be really frustrating to play against. Um, and then, you know, let's, let's be really good there. Let's create some turnovers. Um, let's be hard at their net. And, um, and we gotta believe that, uh, if we if we continue to be that type of team that at some point we know we have guys that can score we know we have guys that can produce we we're creating again we're creating good chances um we gotta believe that it, it just it just works at some point so um you know we we went to western and and gave up five you know goals they got an empty netter um but gave up five on the road there um you know we went to uno uh, gave up, you know, an OT one, but gave up four there in, in regulation. Uh, just had North Dakota at home, gave up one um, in, in regulation. You know, they get the OT one, but went eight for eight on the penalty kill. I mean, there's so many things to, to look on and be positive about. It's not the glamorous things. It's not the, right. the ones that get everybody all excited and, and think, oh, look out, look at CC. Um, but the facts, the facts. And, and, we just need to uh, understand that and um, and then grow grow with it. Uh, I think people should know that those are the things that get coaches excited, though. <laughs> I mean, um, because you and know, trust me, lot... I want to score too. Because of it's course, a lot to, it's a lot easier when you have a two or three goal lead. Um, oh sure, but we're getting comfortable in these zero zero games, right? Um, you know, we had a penalty kill uh, with with eight minutes left in a zero zero game at home against North Dakota, who's the top PK or top power play in the country. And we got the job done. Right. That's, that's good hockey, you know, and, and, and that's growth and that's confidence building. And that's, that's all that. And I am proud of, you know, our team's toughness in that way. Um, Like you said, that's what gets coaches excited. And it's not because we want to play zero zero hockey games. It's just that you understand that defense takes a mentality it takes a toughness. It takes detail. It takes commitment, and those are the traits that excite coaches, right? Yep. Coach, you so, got. Hold on a second, Paul. I got to get okay. this in there. <laughs> Coach, you got okay. so many talented players, and a couple of them keep jumping to the forefront. Uh, I thought Matt Vernon, first of all, was unbelievable for you the other night, coming in in a really difficult situation. As uh, you know, Caden's kind of been your your backbone, and. And he comes in and he just completely slams the door. And I know he's been a big part of your program all year and, and the whole time he's been there. So I'll let you talk about him in a minute. But um, I think everybody in the country watched uh, Hunter McCowan score on a penalty shot against Denver. And that was one of the prettiest moves, I think, in college hockey, maybe in, in the last five years. So just your thoughts on those two in particular right now. Yeah, Hunter's hands are special, and you know he's obviously been the the leader for us. Um, it was a crazy stat that uh, the Saturday game at Omaha was the first game that we had won this year that Hunter didn't score in, and so it just goes to show you how valuable he's been in the type of pressure, um, you know, that he plays with. Uh, because it really is, if Hunter doesn't score, we don't win. Um, 
So he's, he's, uh, he's had to handle a lot. His hands are incredible. Um, you know, and you put that in a six, two body and a kid that's willing to compete and can shoot a puck. Um, you know, he, he is, he's a difference maker. Uh, it doesn't matter who we play. It doesn't matter where we play and doesn't matter what night, uh, he shows up and, and he's got the ability to change the game, you know, when the puck's on his stick. So, uh, we're, we're fortunate and, and, you know, he's going to be a huge part of what we hope is a, a successful run. Um, if we go on one, he's, he's going to have to lead the way, uh, offensively. And then, yeah, Matt, he, you know, it, 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 we talked about Caden and, and Matt in terms of their their careers and, and what they've been able to accomplish and how they've done it. And it's always been by their work ethic, their preparation. And, you know, Matt is a perfect example of what I've what I've talked about when talking about both of them is that, you know, and they don't wait for the opportunity. They they work and they prepare for it. So when it does come up, no matter when, no matter how, they are prepared. And it wasn't in the script that he was going to play. Um, he found out Saturday morning that he was playing. And, you know, he – but his attitude, his his work ethic, his preparation hasn't changed all year. Um, you know, and that's a difficult thing to do. And because, you know, when you're, when you're a college goalie and the, you know there's only 34 regular season games and the guy – the guy that you're competing with is on a run. He didn't start for two months. It's, it's hard to continue to show up and push. And to his credit, you know, it speaks to him as a person, as a teammate and as a, as an athlete, you know, that's what he did. And he just continued to show up and, and work and prepare. And so when, you know, if you, if you said, Hey, you're going to play Vern, he's going to get a shutout. You know, I would, I'm not saying I could have agreed with that much detail, but (laughs) I would have told you that he's ready for the, for the moment. Um, And he proved that. Well, that was one of the questions I was going to ask coach was, um, was there, was it just a hunch or, or was there something that, you know, you may not be able to say that happened, um, you know, maybe a little tweak of an injury that you don't want to discuss. I understand that. Or was it just kind of a gut decision to play Matt on Saturday morning? No, uh, Berkey was uh, – he's day-to-day with lower body. Okay. All so, right. Um, we believe he'll be, you know, he'll be back and, and ready uh, to go, you know, if called upon this weekend. But um, he wasn't right. available for us on Saturday. Okay. Okay, right, so – okay, go ahead, Paul. Speaking of injuries, and, 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 and I know – um, that you know, goals are an issue. You had uh, you have one of your freshman players, one of your uh, highly profiled guys, Gleb Vermiev, went out early in the season with an injury. I, I assume he's not going to be able to come back for the playoffs, right? Correct. Yeah, and he, he had he, he had season-ending surgery in December. Okay, because um, it looks like you miss him on the power play a lot. We do. Um, we miss him in all in a lot of facets. Um. You know, six four, has skill, can skate, is tough, is great around the net. Um, you know, he was he was a presence around the net where we could we could use the goal line, and he has long reach. He could get it to the far post if he if he wanted to take it there. Um, but he has a good stick and has good feel, so he could 
you know, he could he could find the either the bumper with Laba who was in there, or he could he could get it over to Hunter on the weak side, um, you know. And we've had Logan Will and Chorsky and Cooley and some other guys um, pop in there, and they've done they've done a nice job. But um, his physical tools are, are you know just allow him to kind of accomplish some things that that not everyone can do. So we certainly miss him not just in the um, on the power play, but just uh, a toughness, a, a swagger, a, you know, a size element, uh, a guy that plays on the edge and, and, you know, lets you know about it type of thing. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's been missed. Um, his recovery is going fantastic. I think he's ahead of what we all, where we all thought he would be. Um, he's been working diligently. He's, he's a unbelievable kid. Uh, um, and so we're excited to get him back for next fall. Um, Coach, you, oh, I, I got to get one on. in occasionally. I want to just hold on a second. I just, <laughs> I don't, I, I like to play fair. You know, I mean, um, we oh, all you kinda, do not, you know it, <laughs> right? We, I mean, we all kind of knew what Noah Lava was going to be. Has he exceeded your expectations? Yeah, like if it's possible. It, it, yeah, it would be hard for him too because he was he was someone that we were we were really excited for. Um, I think he he's potentially better at the faceoff dot than we gave him credit for. Um, you know, he's operating at fifty five percent most nights. You know, at this point in the year, he can get close to sixty percent. Um, he's starting to even take more more reps on the penalty kill. Um, you know, but he's a guy that we've, we've basically had as a number one center and played him against, uh, anybody, uh, and, and he's handled it really well. And, and that's a lot of pressure on a freshman because not only is he, you know, uh, a potential number one scoring center, but he's also on some nights our matchup center. Um, and you know, when you're relied on, all 200 feet against, you know, the best lines in the NCHC and you're expected to score and, and help offense at the same time. That's a lot. And, and he's handled it incredibly well. His consistency um, in the second half is, has been phenomenal. Um, you know, he's, he's had so many good looks, um, you know, Friday night at Omaha, he had a penalty shot in overtime that he, that he earned because he, he was able to get on a breakaway. His first two steps are incredible. And his ability to get to the net, he's got great edges. He can get in and out of space really quickly. He can turn on a dime, um, which makes him really hard to defend. Uh, and and so he's uh, he's really been a driver for us uh, here in the second half. Coach, my question was going to be on on the Gold Pan series. Now, obviously, Denver's captured it again, but um, you've seen it now. Um, just about completely for two years. You got two more games left, one up there, one down at uh, Robeson. Um, just your thoughts on the gold pan, the competitiveness. I know that game at uh, Ball Arena was something special. Um, so w- what have you seen from the rivalry between you and Denver, and is it what you thought it was going to be? Well, I, if I'm if I'm being completely honest, I, I don't think we've quite seen it yet um, because we were – we're not at that level uh, where I think you could you could say that it's a it's a true rivalry right now. Um, the history is obviously there. Uh, our locations, you know, says 
that we're a rival. Uh, the history says we're a rival. Um, our fan bases certainly believe we're a rival, and we are. Um, but it, it, we, we just haven't kept up our end of the bargain um, in terms of making it great. And, and why rivalries become rivalries is because you play in games that are they're big and um, and you know who's going to come out on top is is yet to be seen where we got we have to take steps um, and you know I think we 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 played them well uh, you know the last two games that we played them um, you know we had it was they it was two one at home. Uh, Hunter scored the obviously the the, sh- the penalty shot goal made it two one. We felt like we were making a push. Unfortunately, took two bad penalties, gave him five on three, and um, you know we never really gave ourselves a, a a great chance at that one. So that was disappointing. But it's uh, it's going to be I, it's going to be special, and and I think the the turnout at Ball Arena um, just shows you know the type of rivalry it is. It, there's maybe two or three in the country, um, you know, they can sell out a regular season game of just two teams, um, of 18,000. Uh, and, and we're, we're blessed and fortunate to be, be a part of one of those. And, and, you know, one of the most historic rivalries in, in the game. Um, but we have a lot of work to do to, to get to where, you know, this rivalry belongs. Um, they're a top five team. You know, we want to make sure that that this is a, a top five matchup for for years to come. I was going to say, just what was what was it like? Obviously, after the game, you're disappointed because you don't win. But as you guys got to the arena, as you guys came out for the warm up skate, as you guys got dressed, what was what was did it feel? Did it have a playoff type feel because of all the people that were in the building? Yeah, it was great. Um, and I give our, you know, I, I will say I, I give our players a lot of credit. And I think that was really, um, that was a big moment for us because we we went to Ball Arena. You know, they're a team that's played in Frozen Fours, won national right. championships. So they're used to that type of arena. They're used to that venue. They're used to that type of crowd. Um, and And quite honestly, we just aren't. Um, and, and we didn't blink, you know, like I, I thought we, it was one of the best games in terms of us executing early on, right from the drop of the puck. Like you could see a little bit of nerves in the sticks and the passes were a couple feet off or, you know, just not quite connecting, but in terms of the intensity, the intentionality, um, the poise in, in the, in the execution of a game plan, I thought, I thought we executed right away. Um, and and I thought we were pretty good um, until you know we took a five minute major uh, uh, late in the second period and at that point shots were eighteen to sixteen and we felt like it was a back and forth kind of you know you get a chance we get a chance type of game um, and I thought we were doing a good job of kind of frustrating some of their top players and then they got the five minute major. And their top players, you know, started to get puck touches and um, started to feel it. And then we, in the third period, we hung, we hung on. Uh, and Berko was phenomenal. But it really, you know, I think it gave us that, okay, you know, we can do this. Um, and then, you know, I thought we played well at home. Again, it didn't, uh, it didn't go our way. And then it led us to going on the road to Omaha and getting three out of six points there. And, 
Um, and I think we're, you know, we've shown that we, we can, we, you know, the, the arena won't be too big for us. The opponent won't be too big for us. The crowd won't be too big for us. We can go into Western and, and play good hockey. We can go into Omaha and play good hockey. Again, that's not the ultimate goal for our program, but progress is progress. And, and I think in, in that situation, we, it, you know, it was, it was a good step for us to take. Well, okay, especially coach. since you're going to face something like that, uh, you know, uh, in a couple of weeks in the con- in the conference tournament. It, I, I, that's right. Exactly. Yes, I appreciate the confidence. <laughs> well, Absolutely. see there. Listen, I'm listen. I well, I, you, you know, borrowed my glasses. Those golden, your glasses golden for crying out loud. I don't use that, <laughs> uh, but the, my my point is like as. As you, as you sit there and watch, um, it's it's hard to understand if if you're not there every day. And like I said, I, I you know I try to watch. I, I probably watched as much, not as much as you, obviously, coach. But you know, as for, from the outside, I've probably seen at least two thirds of your games. And 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 I think that that if anybody goes to sleep on you guys especially in that first round, there's going to be a problem. Yeah, I, I, I think we're, you know, um, I think we're a tough out. Uh, and, I, and again, I, I think you you look at us and, and you think about playing us. And like you said, power, you know, uh, playoff games, just find a way to be tighter. And whether it's because, the you know, the nerves are a little more and you're more afraid to make a mistake, it just seems like it's tighter contested, tighter you know, harder to find time and space. And if you, if you look at our team and, and what we've uh, been able to do and what our strengths are, you know, again, we have a, a penalty kill that in league is, uh, you know, allowing 14% and killing at, you know, 86%. And we have a goalie that stops 93% of the pucks. Um, and so if both those things are on um, and, and we find a way to pop one or two, you know, that might be all that we need. Um, so it's, uh, we, we feel like we, we can play with anybody. Um, we feel like we can go to any building and play our game. Um, you know, we just, uh, what we don't have right now is a great history, uh, in this, in year 2023 of playing good enough hockey to actually win. Um, but once the playoffs start, you know, it's a, it's a whole nother season and, and you can kind of wipe away, um, you know, the, the regular season in your mind and, and just focus on, uh, on that, that game. I know you want to focus on this year. So my final one will be uh, a focus on the future. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, I, as I look at your team coach, I think your freshman class this year has really, really developed. Well, I think your junior class has really taken a lead from your senior class and from what i see on paper that freshman class you have coming in next year might be really really good as well so if you can for a moment and just kind of take a, a thirty thousand foot view of of tiger hockey um am i close in that uh in that comparison of what i'm seeing no it's exactly how we feel um and i think if you look at this year's class um you know, what really excited us was, you know, the size, the toughness, um, 
and the grittiness and and kind of the the pedigree of confidence and swagger and the type of people that we were bringing in. Um, like Gleb Bremyev doesn't care who you are, where you play, where you're from. You know he's gonna he's gonna play his game and he's gonna play in your face. Um, Noah is very much the same way. Um, and you know, Strachey has developed into that type of player. Beck is a very confident player. Uh, and so we really think that this year's class, Kanan and Berko, obviously, Noah Stradachny, like there's a lot of just kind of belief and in, in swagger in this year's class and in a in a natural toughness to it. Um I think if you look at next year's class, it's hard to say that it's gonna be better than this year's class because I think when you get a goalie that you could argue is the best in the conference and one of the best in the country, it's, you know, that's a pretty good class. I don't care who else is in it. Um, but if you look at next year's class, the, this, the, the history of scoring is something that, you know, wasn't in this year's class. Um, and we love this year's class. We love the players. I just think they're different. They're built a little different. Um, you know, you look at Brett Link, you look at Zach Wisdom, uh, Max Burkholder, um, you know, we have, we have two guys in the top 20 in scoring in, in, in the USHL for forwards. We have two guys in the top 20 in scoring in the USHL for defensemen. Um, I think we're one of two programs, maybe three programs who can say they have two in the top 20 forwards and two in the top 20 in D in the entire country. So, um, the history of scoring, um, the recent success in scoring is is something that next year's class uh, we think is really deep. Evan Warner, you know, he has um, he's a natural goal scorer. He makes it look easy when it's on his stick. Uh, so we're um, we're looking forward to getting some of that scoring depth here. And, and coach, I just uh, I'll throw mine in. You know, obviously, I don't have the complete list or a specific list, but it's just all the at least the names that I have access to. Um, it seems like um, they're feeding some of your future D a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, we uh, <laughs> we uh, yes, we're we're excited. We I think you know, and and this is just a, a philosophical thing. I'd say right. um, we found it a little easier to get immediate impact, like from forwards on the recruiting trail. Right. Um, and for whatever reason, whether it's, Hey, like the forward develops a little later, or all of a sudden he worked on his shot all summer and he went from, you know, seven goals to 18 goals in the USHL. And you could find that guy who pops a little later. It seems like defensemen, you know, defensemen, the position is so much about problem solving and your ability to do it well and quickly, um, I think is, is something that is a little bit harder to become a, be a late bloomer with. Um, I think you can get stronger. You can become a better defender. Uh, you can maybe get a better shot, but you know, the really quality like modern day defensemen that can move pucks, can problem solve, can break pucks out, can, you know, manage the neutral zone. Like those get scooped up so fast. Um, because, you know, usually if you see it at 15, it's still there. Um, right. And quite honestly, usually if you don't see it at like 15, 16, it's hard to find it. Um, you know, it's hard to acquire that type of brain and that type of problem solving ability, you know, through mm -hmm. junior, throughout junior hockey. So um, 
you know, the D core is, is, uh, and our D recruits, you know, Max is, is someone that the prior staff recruited. Um, and he's obviously had a great career in the USHL. Um, and then Tyler Dunbar, uh, is, is someone that just became available and, and we were able to win a good recruiting battle for him. Um, and then, you know, then you get down the line and it's the, it's Blaise Savoy and Coring and, uh, and Fisher Scott, and you start to get some size and some length and some skating and it, you, you get a little bit more of like that complete package, um, that we, we think we were able to get in our forwards almost immediately, but it was so hard to find, um, you know, the defenseman that we had to go out two, three years, uh, really to feel like we got the type of impact defenseman that, um, that we wanted. We were fortunate with Strachey. He's, he's playing really good hockey for us. Um, we were fortunate with him. You know, he was, a he was someone that Notre Dame pushed off and, and we were able to win a recruiting battle for him. Um, but they're hard, they're hard to find. Um, we think we have some good ones coming. It just, they're, um, it, it wasn't as quickly, as readily available, I'd say, as uh, as we thought some of the forwards were. All right, we'll let you go on this one. Um, be honest now: is it is it legit or Menino that's really getting this job done on the road? It's both. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, oh, that was a cop out. <laughs> yeah. It, it, um, well, and, and we talked about you know why specifically, very specific, like we hired legit for a very specific reason um and because we wanted to make inroads in western canada and and we really like what we've been able to do there uh you know we have some some younger guys from western canada that um you know that i can't i can't speak about um but if you follow you know enough lists or whatever you know you can find them that we're excited about um but owen beckner you know we think is a good player and and we think we're on the right guys in western canada and starting to make some of those um, some of those inroads. And, and the nice thing about Lidge is that, you know, he has that Western Canada connection, but he also worked in the USHL. Um, so he can go anywhere and, and be comfortable uh, and be successful. Um, and then, you know, Mano is, uh, Mano's is as good as they come. Um, you know, I, I think he's one of the best in the country. Um, and, and we're fortunate to have him at CC, but as a pair, um, you know, they're, they're both, uh, they're both doing a great job. Well done coach. Uh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it as always. I will see you on Saturday. I'll see you Friday and Saturday. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, I look coach. forward to it. Great talking to you guys. Thank you. All right. That's the head coach from Colorado college. Chris Mayot joining us. Paul and I will be back in a couple minutes to wrap up another episode of analytics and eyeballs and reveal the super 16 for this week. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than some good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, 
We say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe, as well as its ghost kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. banks it towards the goalie. Scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Oh my goodness collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number summer skates the ultimate hockey player's footwear are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house head to icetimehockeywest.com and click on the summer skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today from the nation's best college hockey conference Access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. All right. Well, welcome back in, hockey fans. It's Monday night, which means it is analytics and eyeballs. And every time we have analytics and eyeballs, there's always something that people want to know. They all want to know what in the world does my co-host think about the top 16 in the NCAA hockey ranks. So let's not waste any time because we're almost out of time. I don't think anything. Um, <laughs> the Super 16 for this week is about to be revealed. Paul, sit back and get ready to tell us how you came up with what you came up with. Here we go. Quinnipiac in at number one. Minnesota in at number two. Denver in at three. Boston University in at four. How did they fall into place? Uh, well, the top three were easy. Um, that hasn't changed in a couple of weeks. So that was a no-brainer. Um, and we all thought you were just lazy and just kept them. Well, yeah, I mean, I or or wanted to make the producer work a little less. Well, that's like really what the place. goal is to make okay. Terry work less. Okay, okay. Um, so BU, uh, how did they sneak in at number four? What 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 uh, was your just, thought process in that? Uh, everybody else was losing too, <laughs> <laughs> so there was I really guess. no way to move them. Yeah, to be honest. He, he, you know, he lives in a palatial estate, and he's incredibly honest. There we go. What more can we say? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> okay, so that's top four. You you've said it. Top three were easy. Fourth one was uh, they just kept losing like everybody else. Um, five, six, seven, and eight. Here we go, folks. Michigan at number five, Harvard at six, St. Cloud State at seven, and Western Michigan at eight. Paul, the NCHC loves you because you have three in the top eight uh, that belong to that conference. Well, uh, listen, it is what it is. Um, you know, I was not a believer in those teams until about halfway through the season. And eventually I had to go with what my eyeballs were telling me. Oh, nice reference. Analytics. And what the numbers are telling you because those analytics are pretty good too. Yeah, I don't give a crap about those. <laughs> and you finally buy into Harvard. They've played enough games for you now to go, hey, they're pretty good. 21 at 6. I mean, you're winning three out of every four games. Yeah, absolutely. Do? I mean, um, and, you know, to me, the quote-unquote analytics are meant to be a tiebreaker. If you're not sure which way to go. <laughs> uh, oh, it sounds like somebody wants to drop, drop the gloves against the computer then. No, that's your job. Okay. Well, my, yeah, my hands are healed up now. I can probably go another couple Thank of rounds it. with it. But anyway, it. Uh, 9, 10, 11, and 12. This gets interesting. Minnesota State, 9. Michigan Tech, 10. They split the weekend series. Uh, 11 is Cornell. 12 is our friends from Fairbanks, Alaska. Go. Well, listen. Um I had to move Minnesota State ahead of Michigan Tech. They they won the conference. They went head to head with Tech and won the conference. You know, and I they did it at home, field. so that that was something. Well, I still they still did it. Okay, and, and good point. Now they got a conference about, tournament. They got to win, right? We we talk about how CC will be a tough out in the conference tournament, um, and we talk about. Um, that same thing, and, and and we've seen we've seen them, and um, I, I, you say you have people telling you that uh, they don't want to play the Nanooks in the NCAA tournament. I'm not too sure I want to play, and I'm not, and I'm not too sure I I, I if I I want to play Michigan Tech in the tournament either. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of theirs in terms of rooting interest. You know, having a friend oh, that was are ready to throw darts at you right now. I don't care. I, I'm just, There's I'm just, a lot of Piedalists, too, by the way. I, I know that, but, you know, I have a friend that went to their rival school. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honesty again, folks, from the man in the palatial estate. Um, okay. Uh, 13, 13, 14, 15, and 16. Um, UNO Omaha is 13. Merrimack is 14. Penn State is 15. Connecticut is 16. Um, no, 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 no. No? Did I miss something? Are you looking on the, yeah, no, Northeastern. I, look, I was looking at the Husky. Northeastern, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Northeastern, Husky, you're, yeah, Northeastern. We're a big fan of Devin Levi. Oh, my eyes are bad. I just saw Husky. Yeah, I don't know why. I didn't spell it. I didn't say, okay. I didn't say Huskies. I know why. I, well, I, I just, I'm looking at a very small screen with these on. <laughs> and I don't have very good eyes, and it's dark. I'm podcasting from a parking lot, for crying out loud. Okay, so 13, 14, 15, and 16. How'd you get it? 
Um, fifteen and sixteen. I pulled out of a hat. Nice. Again, the honesty is just spewing out just, all over I Long just, Island. There really, it was just uh, okay. Let's do this. Um, I think there's definitely a divide with, you know, after Omaha and, and, and Merrimack somewhat, who just keeps bouncing back and is having one of the, the, their best seasons in school history. Um, and good for them, you know, um, and I think that, uh, you know, those have been, that's been the way it's, it's, it's kind of been. And there's definitely tiers of separation. Um, I think the top three have separated themselves. Um, the next seven or the next five or six anyway have kind of separated themselves. And then you have it like even a third tier with with, with the Mich- with the with the Minnesota State and Michigan Tech and Cornell and and, and Fairbanks etc. That's kind of a, and then you know then you have that fourth tier there with Merrimack and and Penn State and Northeastern. Um, All right, fi- final one on on not really the top sixteen, but just on tournament thoughts. Uh, Coach Mayad alluded to the fact that there could be an upset or two. Um, in the NCHC playoffs, I believe that. Uh, I think the N- the uh, Big Ten is going to go chalk, um, but I-, I don't know what to think about Atlantic. I think almost any of the top four teams could come out of Atlantic. To they be honest, could, with it you. almost doesn't matter though. No, it's going to be one spot. But what I'm, I guess, what I'm asking you is, as you look at the at the pairings, and I know you've gone through the pairings 150,000 times at this point, probably more than the computer does. Um, but when you when you looked at them. Are there any spots where? Are, well, let me rephrase that. How far into the the numbers do you have to be in order to kind of secure your spot this year? Are, is there a chance that there's two, three auto bids, or no? Just going to be the one. Um, you mean upsets? Yeah, I mean somebody's stealing uh, a tournament win, if you will. Um, let's use CC. CC wins it. Obviously, somebody else is out. Right. I I don't. We already know that sixteen is already taken by Atlanta Hockey. Right. I, I I would sit there and tell you, um, I'd be shocked. Um. Well, first of all, Wisconsin's not winning the Big Ten tournament. Okay. Yeah, that's a safe bet. Um, I told you the Big Ten is going to be chalk. There's no Could, doubt about well, that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I can't see a scenario where Notre Dame, despite their being 14 in, in the pairwise, uh, beats all those teams to win the conference. So that doesn't take a spot from anybody. Um, could somebody steal a spot in the CCHA? Yeah, it's possible. Uh, do I think it's likely? Who would it be, though? Because Minnesota State and Michigan Tech seem to be the two that are going to be locked no matter what happens. So you think somebody other than those two could win that? Uh, I know, we're out of time. Somebody? I mean, I I know we're going to kind of rush here, but I mean, 
It's not likely. Okay, so so what you're saying is if you're 13 or 14 in the pairwise, you should be safe. Um, Because 15 and 16 will probably go to auto bids. No, 15, 16 will. Not 15? You don't think somebody? Because I think somebody's going to sneak into the 15 spot that is not in the tournament without winning a championship in their in their league. Well, if 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 somebody's going to do it, it would probably be hockey east. If we're not if we're talking about all the leagues other than the NCHC. Yep, that's what I was getting at. That's exactly okay. what I was getting at. Um is it entirely possible? Listen, we we're, we're sitting here and and we talk about the NCHC. There, there's the only matchup in that conference tournament that's set right now is Denver Miami, and no first round upset other than that would shock me. I might be a little surprised, but they wouldn't shock me. Okay, I'm for that. All right, all right. So we used up all the time. Our thanks to Chris right. Mayot for joining us and. Uh, you do your read, and um, we'll say goodnight. From the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs has been brought to you by Summer Skates. Whether you use your own name or number or that of your favorite player, show off your game in style with personalized shower shoes and koozies. See summerskates.com for more information. By the University of Central Oklahoma, two-time ACHAM1 champions and champions every day in the classroom at ocuhockey.net and ocu.edu by behind the mask and behind the mask.com no one knows goalies needs better see the website for our three valley locations and more san diego state university the best of education california college hockey and lifestyle at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com jesse ray's barbecue 5611 south valley view boulevard in las vegas 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, where our food can be summed up in one word, perfection. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel and refine your drive at mdriveformen.com. By Desert Toyota of Tucson at 7150 East 22nd Street in Tucson or deserttoyota.com. We are the Toyota dealer that Tucson counts on. By Jets Pizza, more than just great pizza. You'll love our wings, sidekicks, and more. Find the location near you at jetspizza.com. By Oklahoma University, join our 20th anniversary schedule celebration. For schedule and ticket information, go to ouhockey.net. By College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. The Spaghetti Shack, quality food quickly with locations in Tempe, Queen Creek, and the new location in Pine Top. The Queen Creek location, by the way, is a ghost kitchen, so you want to order that online. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where the action is from the Atlantic and the Pacific and around the world. Analytics and eyeballs and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available at your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. That's ITHSW Podcasts. Subscribe to ITHSW Podcasts and help people find the show. Analytics and Eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. Again, big thank you to the head coach from Colorado College, Chris Mayotte, for joining us. A big series for him again as the gold pen has been decided, but the games have not. 
and uh, Friday night um, on CBS Sports Network. They will be at Magnus, and Saturday night they will be at Ropes and Arena. Friday night is 8 o'clock Mountain Start. Uh, Saturday night is 6 o'clock Mountain Start. I will be there, or at least I hope to be. <laughs> that's that's my about, rooting worry interest. Worry about that on Friday. He'll get there tomorrow. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, no doubt. we got to take this one day at a time. I do want to give a shout-out to uh, our 11-year-old, 11-day-old uh, grandson who's uh, having a little bit of a rough time today. And yep. Carson, my friend, we are thinking about you. We are praying for you and uh, your mom and dad as well. So, um God bless you, my little guy, and we'll uh, we'll see you soon. Good night, everybody. Good night.